but yeah, I feel like we should date guys that enjoy um, hearing jokes about themselves <laughs> because, you know, it's kind of like restraining. It's kind of like wearing us down. You know what I mean? It's, it's bring us down. It's, I need to shine. Hey there, this is Holly Shaw, your host, performance coach, and author of The Creative Formula, and you are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast, empowering an army of artists across the globe and helping you to find your edge. Hey guys, just a heads up, this episode contains a fair share of adult topics and cuss words, so if you're listening with your kids, uh, you might want to uh, listen to the next episode instead of this one and come back to this one with a nice glass of Chardonnay or red wine or some tequila. You know what? Be a woman. Get some ovaries and get some tequila. All right, here we go. So I was at the Starry Plow the other night um, doing a, a or signing up for an open mic with um my comedian friends, Rafi Sussman and Tito Gonzalez. And Rafi's like, yeah, hey, I want you to meet my sister. My sister's here visiting from Israel. And I'm like, no way. And so he introduces me to this woman. And she's just like, (laughs) she's just this pretty, small, petite, sweet-looking lady. And I'm like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Um, you know, like, do you, do you happen to do comedy also? And she's like, yeah, I, d- <laughs> she, <laughs> she goes, yeah, I'm a comic too. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even do her voice. That's not even, I'm making her sound like, like Danny DeVito. I don't know. She's not, <laughs> You're going to hear her in a minute. But she was just like, yeah, I'm a comic. I, yeah, I've been doing comedy, too. I'm also a comic, you know. And she just had this sort of, um, she reminded Natasha Leone, you know. She reminded me of that kind of, like, charismatic, kind of has, like, a bro thing about her. Like, very much a lady, but, like, a bro thing, funny voice. And I was like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you're a comic. Okay, you know, anybody that has a voice like that, I'm like, you should go into stand-up comedy. Like, I don't care if you're funny or not. You're just funny when you open your mouth. She's just one of those people that is funny, you know? And uh, I think that she would be flattered by that, uh, I hope, when she hears this. Um, But so we met, and we became fast friends. You know, it's really nice to meet a cool woman in comedy, and she's one of them. And um, so we ended up hanging out. And was like, we should do a podcast. So she came over to my house on the weekend and we had tea and we had some wine that she brought over. And we just had a really candid conversation about comedy, uh, you know, the jokes that we decide to tell as women, sex, drugs and rock and roll. I mean, what else? What else do you want, people? What else do you want? So this is my conversation with the very fun and fantastic comedian from Israel, Nina Sussman. Which cup is yours? And which cup is mine? I think this one's mine. (laughs) I think. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. Cheers. Cheers.
<laughs> so you just told me that you're an actress too. You've been an actress. Uh, well, I've done some uh, bits, you know. Um, actually, there's a show on Netflix where I have like three minutes of on of fame, you know, on Netflix. Oh yeah. Yeah, What's I did that? like six lines or seven lines. Oh, okay. It's called the uh, Shtisel. Okay. And it's like a show about these Hasidic Jews in Jerusalem. And I actually, I played, um, uh, I had a little part as a um, girl that works in like a dog shelter. Okay. You know? And that was it. It was just a few lines. Whatever. That's cool, though. So, yeah, <laughs> but I didn't get far with that. Oh. I mean, I did that. Then I turned back to music after doing uh, some acting. And uh, actually had like a, a little band uh, started. We actually we were working on an album and it kind of drifted apart. And now uh, they have a different drummer and uh, vocalist. So you're a drummer as percussionist as well. Yes, that's and vocals. so weird. Yeah. When, I, when you say that, I can totally see that. For yeah, some I'm pretty hyperactive. I can see the drummer in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I move around. <laughs> that's right, right on, right on. So you did percussion and vocals. What kind of band was that? Uh, punk rock. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It is awesome. That's awesome. And now you've been here in the Bay Area doing comedy. Right, just for two weeks, and I'm going to New York tomorrow. Are you going to do comedy while you're in New York? I did not sign up for anything. I might do, like, a couple of open mics, but yeah. that's it. I didn't, yeah. like, I don't have any shows going or anything. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's been crazy here in the Bay Area. It's there's so much more opportunities than in my country. You know. What's it like doing? Well, let's talk about that. So you're from Israel. I'm from Israel. Where do you live exactly um, in Israel? I live in a small community called uh, Kibbutz. So it's like oh, a, a socialist community. Yeah, cool. I don't know if, if uh, people know about it. You sure, talk about it. I kind of know a little bit about what one is. It's really it. bizarre, really. It's the way my parents chose to live. And growing up there, I was like, wow, I want to make my own money. I got to live, you know? Because um, whatever salary you make, you um, you put it in the pot, you know, and everyone shares. So um, you don't, you wouldn't pay rent, you wouldn't pay your electricity bills or whatever it is. Uh, health insurance, like you yeah. get all for free. Um, life insurance, but then um, you live like a pretty minimalistic life, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's it's pretty, um, what's the word? I don't know. Humble. It's a humble life, mm-hmm. you know, but it is on the ocean. It's a beautiful place. Um, so it's a different lifestyle. Um, I left the kibbutz for like 12 years and came back two years ago after my big breakup. Oh, wow. That I told you. Yeah. The seven-year breakup. So can we just like backpedal to the kibbutz? Yeah. Like what about if somebody doesn't work? Like, Um, There's a lot of, actually there's a lot of people who don't work because like they have mental health issues or whatever, like... um, it's it's a community that really takes care of the weaker ones. Wow. Yeah, so we take, like, really good care of, like, the elderly or, you know, whatever it is. You get the help you need. Wow. So yeah. there's no, like, requirements to work. Everybody just um, contributes. If you're in good health, you're supposed to work 45 hours a week. Well, that's a lot of hours. That's a lot of hours. If you have kids, though, it's 37 hours a week for okay. women only. 
Um, huh. So everyone has babies. Uh, and you get more money if you have babies, too. And you get oh. a bigger um, house. So they give you money. So they give you, like, a salary. I get, like, I'd say $1,000 a month. Huh. Uh, but your room and board are kind of... Yeah, it's like spending money, for I okay. guess, for food and traveling, whatever. Huh. Okay. Living. Wow. It's not enough, but yeah. So you live on a kibbutz now. Like yes. you're going to go back to the kibbutz. Yes. On the ocean. On where, the ocean. Where in Israel is this kibbutz? So it's on the Mediterranean Sea. It's between uh, Haifa and Tel Aviv. Okay. Okay, um, that is. And uh, yeah, it's... It's a pretty cool place. We have like four islands, tiny islands. It's called Maganifael. That's the name of the kibbutz. Four tiny islands? Yeah, you can swim to them. There's one you can't go on because it's like a bird's, um, I don't know. There's Sanctuary like, yeah, or something? So, yeah, it's, yeah, whatever. Wow. Rare animals. Okay. And so you, so. Uh, <laughs> So you're coming to visit? Yeah. Like, like when can I come swim between your islands? We can do some comedy. (laughs) That sounds dirty. I could get you, let's say, like two shows a week if you come. It's it's the comedy is rough in Israel. You know what I mean? Ooh, what do you mean by rough? I mean, well, if you're an English speaker, I get shows more shows for doing English as well. Because you do it for the tourists. Because I do both languages, so I could get more shows, you know, per month or whatever. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I'd say I could do maybe two or three shows a week and then open mics maybe one a week. Like, there's not mm-hmm. many open mics in Israel. Okay. And they're, most of them are on the same day in the clubs. Like, the big clubs are on the same day. And so, you, so you've been here the last two couple weeks to mm-hmm. go running around doing open mics just in the East Bay, or did you guys go to San Francisco at all? We did go to San Francisco. Oh, okay. Uh, we did two open mics there last Monday, I think it was. Okay. Um, geez, I don't remember the name. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. But what, how, so you've done, been doing a lot of comedy while you were here, and we were on a show together on Valentine's Day we on were, Friday. And you wrote that, you wore that huge red I bow. I wore a huge red bow. It was beautiful. Thank you were amazing. You. That was fun. That was such a great night, actually. Right? It was, yeah, everyone one of was the best really shows. solid. Yeah, everyone was really good. Um, everyone bombed it, like Rafi bombed it, Tito bombed it, everyone. Yeah, well, so bo- to say was... bombed here is like bad. Ah, FYI. so they, uh, they <laughs> were crushed amazing. It. They crushed it. That also sounds bad. I know, but it's they good. Crushed, everyone crushed it. Yes, everyone yes. crushed. It was good. It was a good show. So what's what's the difference? Like, what have you noticed being here? Like, what's different about um, our comedy? There's scene? more. There's. It's actually it's really similar. Like the host is always the same. Like full of potential, but drunk. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, really well known in the Bay Area, not well known in LA. You know what I mean? Uh huh. So it's kind of like the same. No matter the distance, you know, it's still really far away from, like, Hollywood. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But then, um, that in that sense, it's the same. But there's more opportunities. There's more people. There's more of a community, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, I feel like people know about each other. At least, I don't know, your crew is, like, really cool, mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah. And you back each other up. Like, if you have a show or you have a spot, you, like call each other up, hey, I have mm-hmm. a spot for you. It's like all the same, everyone's connected, you know? Yeah. It's like a network. 
So it is. It's it's really cool that way. It's kind of like if you, I feel like, um, you know, if you if you're free on a Saturday night, you don't have anything to do, and you go, you know, I'll just go to support somebody's comedy show, and you know, sometimes they don't ask me to get up, but sometimes I feel like they barely know me, and they'll be like, oh, you're a comic too, and they'll just like be like, do you want some time? Do you want five You minutes? know, and yeah. it's like it's really um, gracious in that way. I feel like it's really nice. Um, and people can be really uh, helpful in that way. It's kind of like you go to all these open mics and you realize, even though there's thousands of comics, it's really like that community of people actually doing it at any one time is about 40 to 80 people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of people that are really doing it. And then there's like tiers of kind of like people that are doing more club shows and touring and stuff and I'm not I'm not in that tier yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm sure yeah. yet I'm sure it gets a little more competitive you yeah. know once you get in there and it might change the atmosphere but um so cool so you've been here doing comedy um and do you feel like you've grown like through just wow, this audience been or? working you know I've um I've been living with uh been staying with my brother for the past two weeks um, since I've been here, and uh, he's also a comedian, so yeah, we're working together, and I feel like we've pushed each other to do more comedy. So, but he's been doing more shows. I've been doing more more shows. We're writing more uh, materials. Like we have new jokes, so we're trying them out. We don't, and even if if we don't um, dunk them to the you know throw them to the garbage straight away, we're like we're you know you have like a mind to throw your thoughts at and have, like, a backup. Right. You know? Bounce stuff off. It's Bounce so nice. Bounce stuff off, too. Yeah. Hey, don't go away. When we come back, there'll be more with Nina Sussman. We'll be talking about the different energies of alcohol. We'll be talking about how we love to talk about loved ones and lovers on stage. And also, if you stick around long enough, you'll get to hear some of her stand-up comedy. More from Nina Sussman when we come back. Hey, this is Holly. Doesn't it feel great to learn about yourself? Don't you just love that wonderful satisfaction that you get from discovering the missing puzzle pieces of who you really are and how you really work? Well, so I've created a creative DNA quiz that is going to help you understand who you are as an artist, how you work best creatively, and also illuminate those areas where you could shore up your weaknesses by working with others and it tells you what type of people you should be working with. So there are three main types of creatives, the explorer, the visionary, and the strategist. So visit performersandcreatorslab.com to take the free quiz and discover your creative DNA today. Doing it, you know, when they're doing it, I'm like, I can feel that energy. There's like an energy, like, there's energy to different alcohol too. Like I feel like we take on... There's, it's like opens us up to like an energetic thing. Sure, tequila is always really happy, right? Tequila is intense. I feel like it's always really fun and happy, and it never has a hangover. Really? Yeah. I've had some like blackouts and rages on tequila. Really? Yeah. Ooh, different. Um, rum, I feel like is liquid love. I feel like rum has a very loving energy. It's warm, yeah, for sure. Mm. Whiskey, I can't drink whiskey or I get very punchy. Yeah, me too. And me too. like feisty as fuck. Yeah, I get feisty on whiskey. Very feisty. I agree. Do you have any Irish 
in your play? Uh, pro- um, some. Like, some. I'm British. Both my parents are from London, so yeah. I'm British. Yeah. So I can, I can hold my drink, you know? I can drink. Me too. Um, as a kid, I was actually, like, um, my mom even had, like, an intervention thing going on with, like, my sister and my mom, my stepdad, all had oh my me, God. like, for a sit-down, and they were like, Nina, you drank. I was, like, I think I was, like, 19 or, like, 17 or around the legal age. I think I was already legal to drink in Israel, but it was, like, you know, it was, I was still a kid in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you finished two bottles of Jameson in a week, you know, and... I can. I really got to like a point where I couldn't leave the house before I did a shot, because I was like, I can't cope with like the world, you know. Oh wow! So I was there. Yeah. So as a kid, so I had like my alcohol ups and downs. Now I don't really drink. I drink some. I started drinking beer, which is like so heavy to me. So I just drink like half a glass right. of beer. I'm like, oh, this is so heavy. You know, wine is the same to me. It's like, it's a heavy giggly kind of you know what I mean mm-hmm. you get like merry but yeah it's a heavy kind of sit down kind of alcohol right as opposed to like doing shots of yeah, vodka shots. or tequila or... yeah I could do if I'm celebrating I could do like 40 shots a night easy <laughs> <laughs> I could finish oh like a cup, throw up go back to drink no way yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh I'm um what's the word uh, I'm a binger a binge drinker. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can binge. Wow. Yeah. That's a... But, yeah, I feel like in comedy, uh, I never used to drink, uh, neither before nor after, and now I started drinking after. I, I never drink before a show, mm-hmm. or smoke weed, by the way. Um, but I started drinking after, and, like, I got, like, a, a beer belly, you know, from all... <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, you know doing comedy sucks, actually. <laughs> get some weights. I guess the rice is done. All right. The rice is done. Yes. <laughs> cheers. Um, cheers. Well. Thanks for having me, Holly. Yeah, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Oh. Your house is so nice. Oh. It's so American as well, I have to is say. Is it? Yeah, I love the garden, and like, I'm, I'm kind of fantasizing about living here, or at least... Doing this thing where I come back for like a month, a year, or something, mm. do some comedy, go back. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Um, it feels like home because when I was a kid, I used to like visit my dad in LA. So uh, okay. Um, and like my brother and sister at some point moved to Berkeley, so like I've been around California. Right, you have family here, yeah. and at some point, like my sister was living in Santa Cruz, so I stayed there for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm. It's definitely not kibitz, kibitz, kibitz. kibitz. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. No. <laughs> it's not even kibitz living, any is it? At all? Uh, no, it's very different. But it's you know, it's not that different from Israel. It's the only thing is, I feel like America's really changed. I have to say, like, if I could vote, I would. I really would because. Mm. It's been sad. Like, I, I was here 10 years ago, and San Francisco's really changed. And it was so sad because it used to be my favorite city to, like, you know, have a beer in the park or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, go to some museums. Like, so much culture. And also, mm-hmm. like, the restaurants were always good and the cafes. And 
I used to love that city. Every time someone, because I'm a big traveler, like, mm-hmm. what's your favorite city? It was always San Francisco. Mm. And you know what? Not anymore. It was mm-hmm. so sad because we went to perform at like this open mic at a bar and it was like the worst street in San Francisco. Um, so we... In uh, the Tenderloin, maybe? Maybe. Hey, Alistair. Hi. I think so. I don't know. I don't remember the name of the spot. What you looking for? Food. Oh, I'm about to cook dinner. There's rice that we I just finished cooking. That's right here. Um, but it's gonna be a couple minutes. Alright, you're good. Okay. Anyway, so yeah. Um lots of like homeless people on the streets and I've realized it's like an epidemic that a lot of people, a lot of homeless people from New York and like colder countries are moving here to the Bay Area because it's warmer. Yep. So that's sad, you know, and it's really heartbreaking. Like I've spoken to a, com- a couple of homeless people. It's like really heartbreaking. This is good. Uh, that's been a couple weeks. I would maybe not eat that. What about the? There's like tofu and veggies in there and yeah, some Tupperware. of things do you like to talk about in your comedy like what's your well what do you think your perspective is? how long have you been doing it i've been doing comedy almost two years now okay so not that long but um yeah i'm pretty rude uh on my show i talk <laughs> about uh my genitals a lot and my <laughs> masturbation uh, i love talking about masturbation because i get such a shock from especially in israel because it's a, a pretty um Preserve. I don't know how to say like a. Could you say preserved country? Like I don't know how to say conservative. It. Conservative country. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're like pretty behind. So um, I love talking about that because I love to see the reaction. Like I want to know, hey, is it okay? Because guys always talk about their dicks mm. in comedy, and mm-hmm. like, why can't I talk about my masturbation? Because like for them, it's like, oh, I have such a small penis. Ha ha ha. Whatever. Yeah. And for us, it's like, oh, I have such a big vagina. It's like, you know, it's like rude. What? Why? You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Double standards. Yeah, double standards. So I'm doing that. Um, I used to do a lot of jokes about my family, but then uh, it kind of bothered them. So I have one about, like, uh, (laughs) my nephew had herpes, and then the same week I was explaining, like, karma to him. Whatever, and it was like a whole thing about like that I gave him the, the punchline with it. I gave him the herpes, whatever. It was like this really sick joke. I used to love doing it, and I can't do it anymore. I had one about my mom's vagina, which I can't do anymore. So, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny though? Like how like you have material that you want to do, but then like. Oops, like it's gonna upset someone, you know? Yeah, like yeah. I I was doing like all these crazy jokes, um, like about fucking for groceries and my vagina and these dick jokes and all these things, you know, and then I got into a relationship 
and I started, and I, those jokes didn't really fit, you know, yeah. my real life, and so I tried to start, but then I didn't want to write material about my the relationship, right. because he's coming and supporting my shows, and I didn't want to, you know, so it's like my jokes kind of dried up for a minute, mm-hmm. you know, as I was trying to figure out what can I talk about, how can it, because it was always just so honest, like yeah. I find like I just, I'm not like a, a seasoned joke writer yet. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's more like, it's more like starting with honesty and then punching it up and making it into a punchline. You know, it's always a real story. It always is. Yeah. it's always something that really happened, and only the punchline is like the opposite than the truth, and that's what makes it funny or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, right? Um, but yeah, I feel like we should date guys that enjoy. Um, hearing jokes about themselves <laughs> because you know it's kind of like restraining it's kind of like wearing us down you know what I mean it's, it's bring us down there's I need to shine you know what I yeah, mean yeah totally um, well I think like there's a certain amount of like I would like clear thing I would just say like I'm, this is what I'm going to do just so you know you know what I mean <laughs> yeah and like is this okay you know right, but it definitely course. like you don't want to have to have any filter what do you think Do you think you should have to use a filter when you're writing your artistic, your creative material about friends, family, lovers? What do you think? Hmm? I'd be curious to know. So let me know what you think. Find me on social media. I'm on Instagram these days at Holly Shaw Sprightly. That's all I have for Nina because we got into a very deep conversation about uh, some very personal relationship stuff for me. I'm not willing to share that yet. The relationship is still going, so I don't want to fuck it up. Talk about a filter. But I am going to give you a special treat. Don't go away. We're going to hear a little bit of Nina's stand-up comedy. But first, I just want to, you know, thank my composer, Dan Cantrell, for all the music on this podcast. And thank you for listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast. My name is Holly Shaw, and this is a clip of Nina Sussman at the Ocean View Brewery in Albany, California, uh, a few weeks ago. Sometime February, February, actually, I think this was Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2020, Nina Sussman. Big in America. Just got my period. I went to get some tampons. They didn't have my size. They didn't have the OB mini. No. Only large. Everything's big in America. We went to get some um, some stuff for the show with Tito and Rafi. We went to get some stuff and I noticed at the sex shop uh, there was this huge black dildo. This thing was so big. It would only fit a vagina that just gave birth three seconds ago. It was so, the girth was huge.